gather ye friends round your flickering campfires and listen to tales of daring, horror and high adventure from the warm pages of history. Set aside your cup of tea and treachery biscuit and instead lift a pint of brains, essay dark and cheese on toast to your storytellers. He sounds worryingly lively. And who can blame me for my plastic kilt lively excitement for we have reached the end of our longest series of episodes ever. Two kings. 15 battles. And enough treachery, death, backsliding, romance and violence to fill eight series of Game of Thrones. Which it did. But no dragons. Oh, we'll get to them dragons, don't you worry. For the Silly History Boys have finally reached the final Welsh-tastic instalment of The Wars of the Roses. In yet another relentless episode of The Silly History Boys Show. And while the end of The Wars of the Roses is probably the easiest bit to understand from a narrative point of view, it's probably the most misunderstood bit. Why? Because we're sick of it now? No. Thanks mostly to a storyteller who's almost as good as us. But incredibly is less historically accurate. It's Little Billy Shakespeare. Who turned one of this week's characters into one of the most notorious villains of all time. Richard III, baby. Actually, I think he may have been the best king we never had. The only thing Richard was great at was avoiding parking tickets and murdering people. King Richard was a cuddly king. He was not. Come on, lads. Everyone from history is awful. Just like my voice this week. And speaking of awful, who are we? And why are we the way we are? I am the glorious son of Yorkshire. Uncle Bilbo. I blame the rain. And the one-way system. I am Bookswat Oxygen Fee for your dear Uncle Bob Bob. And I blame the crushing grief of Cadbury's discontinuing the Spira Bar in 2005. A twirl is not the same, boys and girls. It's not the same. Anyway. Anyway. I am the glam metal dental nurse and honorary president of the Knavesmire Richard III was Cool Club, known to my friends and enemies and everybody else as the Pear Bear. I am Tombo. For my awfulness, I blame the sleep deprivation and the lack of a professional haircut. And the students who moved your bin. They deserved what happened to them. Anyway, all this death, plotting and murder really needs an end. But that's enough about our production meetings. <laughs> Lol. Here we are in Milford Haven in southwest Wales. Where you may remember a certain Welsh Lancastrian named Jasper Tudor. All right. Had raised an army to join up with Margaret of Anjou's invasion. Unfortunately for Jasper, Margaret's army had just been thumped at the Battle of Tewkesbury. Oh, knickers. And so Jasper Tudor is leaving the country very quickly. With some very chatty hand luggage. All right, pal, am I okay to go straight on? Cutting it a bit fine, Mr... Tudor. Jasper Tudor. Your suitcase is a bit chatty, Mr. Tudor. Um, well, it, it, it's, it's a shower radio. Is it? No, 
It's the surviving claimant of the House of Lancaster to the throne of England. Pull the other one. It's got bells on. I am too! My mother, Margaret Buford, was married to Edmund Tudor, who was married to Catherine of Valois, who was married to King Henry V of England, so there. That's a pretty crummy claim, son. We'll see about that, you English man, pers person, you English man who's from England. Yeah, we'll see about that. Nephew, you're sat in a suitcase. Now behave. Let's go and get exiled. Meanwhile, in the north of England, but 14 years later. Good morning, criminals of northern England. Well, I say good. This will probably be a pretty rotten morning for most of you. But don't worry. It's your last. I'm not super excited about it, to be honest. Don't interrupt. It's rude. Don't you know who I am? You're the king's diminutive brother. That's right. I'm Richard, Duke of Gloucester. The king's right-hand man. Um, Buckingham, what does diminutive mean? Diminutive? Ah, uh, sexy? Good. Right. Let's get them all hanged then. Uh, we've got a crop rotation seminar to attend. We're doing a plague awareness workshop in the village hall. It's so much work running my big bro's kingdom for him while he gets drunk. Oh, poor you. Thank you very much. Finally, some recognition for my suffering. <clears throat> right, you can hang them now. I bring a message for Richard, Duke of Gloucester. Oh, that's me. That's me over here. What is it, good fellow? King's dead. Uh, uh, Harold says what? I said the king's dead. My brother. Yeah, he's yeah, dead. He sent you a letter. You said he was dead. Second class post? Mm, well, I better, better read this now, I suppose. <clears throat> reading. <clears throat> Dear Dick, if you are reading this, I am dead. Boo. Sorry, I was pretending to be a ghost there. And now, through the magic of audio effects, I mold seamlessly into King Edward, my uh, older brother who speaks down here. Anyway, I know you'll be sad, so stop crying, Dick. I just wanted to say that I couldn't have asked for a better little brother, cause I am taller than you. But you always supported me, like when we were kids and we filled our brother George's shoes with dog poo for a laugh. Poor George, Duke of Clarence. It's a shame I had to kill him. Just goes to show that drinking is bad for you. Anyway, if I am dead, I want my son, little Edward, to be king. You, little brother, are to be Lord Protector of England, just like dear old dad, till my son is old enough to rule for himself. Cheers, bro. Your friend and king, Edward IV. Oh my god, it's finally happened! I'm the flipping king! Um, no, you're not. What? Oh, oh yeah, oh yes, of course, yes, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 not me, of course, the kid. Yeah, little Edward is king. It would have been cherry, though, wouldn't it? Super sweet. It's a sweet gig, he's the king in. Especially after your family killed every Lancastrian who had claim to the throne. And then killed all their friends and pets, just to make sure. Oh yeah, that was a, that was a rough afternoon, stepping on their gerbils and then drowning their goldfish. Still though, Lord Protector, eh, pretty sweet. <laughs> 
You got over your brother being dead pretty quickly. Oh yeah, we uh, we best have a moment of silence. Right, that'll do. To London. And so the villainous Richard, Duke of Gloucester, rode south. The people of Northern England certainly didn't think he was villainous. I did try and write a balanced and nuanced Richard III, but then Uncle Bilbo did the Plantagenet voice, and it, it's too good. I, could, I, 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 I could, just couldn't resist. I couldn't. It's too funny. It's too funny. But we promise we won't tell as many lies as Shakespeare. Quite right. From his work on English common law, a series of rules Richard started in the North to protect ordinary people, it's clear that Richard was a great guy. Uncle Bob Bob, are you suggesting Shakespeare was fibbing when he said Richard was a self-confessed villain with a hunchback and stupid haircut? The haircut is of course a matter of taste, but it is worth mentioning Richard's physical appearance and Shakespeare's hatchet job. You see, in medieval England, people thought that if you were bad on the inside, then your evil would show on the outside. In 2021, we know this to be wrong and horrible. There are many paintings of Richard III that show him with one shoulder much higher than the other and a pretty mean look on his face. But then there are also paintings of Richard where his shoulders are pretty equal and, you know, he looks, he looks nicer. He's basically not gurning like an evil villain. He just looks like a, a guy. Art historians have since proved that someone around or after Richard's time changed those paintings. To make Richard seem evil. I wonder who would want to do such a thing. The handbags and the glad rags that your poor old granddad had to swear to buy you. Things are getting. Henry! Are getting Where are you two, Henry? I make cheese you. on toast, you know. Oh, Uncle! I, I know you only make me cheese on toast to stop me from missing our beloved whales. Well, I make it because it's nice like. But it's nice to have a little piece of home here with us in exile. Yeah, I know. A bit of grilled home here with us. But don't worry, Uncle. One day, I shall fulfil my destiny. Oh, here we go. But have I ever told you, Uncle? Have I ever told you that when I was a young man, I was presented to the king, the mad one, Henry VI? Yeah, I know. And he looked at me very closely in that sort of wide-eyed madman stare of his. And he said, One, one day, day, you, you shall assume, shall the, assume helm of state. the helm of state. And what happened to that king? Oh, Henry VI, well, King Edward the Pretender had him murdered in the previous episode. Where do you get off calling people pretenders? Your claim to the throne is as thin as a stick on a diet. Well, my mum says that uh, you make your own luck, and she's the cleverest woman I've ever known. So there. Funny you mentioned luck. <gasps> Has someone found my keys? No. King Edward is dead. <gasps> Charlotte Church's toupee, which is a common expression of, uh, of surprise in Welsh in, in the 15th century. Meanwhile, Richard of Gloucester arrives in London to find the King's Court in mourning. The King is dead! Look those cherry cobblers to my veins! What kind of mourning is this? <gasps> mourning? Flip, we haven't even been to bed. Who are you people? We're the Woodville. That's us. We is the classy establishment, yeah? We're the Queen's family. 
Some people think we're a bit common. But the joke's on them, because now we run the country. Ah. You, Woodville Skanks. My brother, the king, has named me Lord Protector Hey Hey to rule until his little son Edward comes of age. So guess what? The party's over. No more time war. Guards, pour the blue wicked down the grid. And why is it so dusty in here? Oh, you're Dickie of Gloucester. Yeah, they said you'd turn up. Listen, <clears throat> we've decided that little Edward will be king straight away. With us telling him what to do. I mean, as his advisors. Yeah, I'm going to advise him to bottom in my own pub. <laughs> but that's not what my brother wanted. <laughs> we, we don't, don't care. care. Excuse me, uh, Duke Richard, may I have a word? Later, Hastings. I'm dealing with the audience from the Jeremy Kyle show here. You heard me, Trashvilles. <gasps> oh, Trashvilles? He's so picky! I don't even know him. Duke Richard, if we don't stop those ugh, horrid Woodvilles, then they will use their position with the young king to pick this country dry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll have to, you know, kill them all. No, no, they're, they're too powerful. You must take the young King Edward under your protection before he is crowned. He is to be brought to London by his uncle and guardian, Lord Rivers Woodville. Get to him first, Richard. Right. Yeah. Uh, hey, everybody! I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pop to the shops. Does anyone want anything? Chicken Kiev pizza? Wine! Rose, Lambrini, wine. All descriptions of wine. Absolutely no problem. I'm just going to walk out of this door in a completely legit way. So, uh, I'll be, I'll be back. See you later. Bye. So, Richard left London and headed west till he reached the young king and his Woodville escort. Hey, little Edward! And his royal escort. Fancy seeing you here. What a surprise. Who are you? Don't you recognize your uncle, Richard? Oh, yeah, that's right. We've never met. Yeah, cool, yeah. So, uh, anyway, I'm here to get you to London safely. I can handle that, thank you. Oh, I'm sure you can, Lord Rivers. But, you know, what's, what's the rush? Why don't we make it into a big lad's road trip? I saw a lovely pub on my way here. It, it does food, craft ale, and, and it has a soft play area for the little kids. Oh, I mean, the hell with it, the big kids too. Soft play area? Yay! We're not stopping, Richard. Well, I think we ought to. You see, the, the 600 armed men I brought with me have been, have been promised a pint. And a go in the ball pit. Well, I've got 2,000 men. You best get off your horse and drink your pint, Rivers. Because these are the guys I had with me in Scotland. Of course. What's that look on your face? Oh, recognition. Yeah. At the Siege of Berwick, they more or less flew over the walls and were in the pub in minutes. Well, after they'd served all the Scots, that is. Gotta tell you, love those guys. Perhaps we uh, could stop briefly. Smashing. I'll get them in. This is going to be some round. That was a bit tense, but don't worry, they did go to the pub. Oh, 
I don't care about the cost. Let, let tomorrow, Dickie of Gloucester's credit card worry about that. Oh, I love you guys. Just, just hold me. Oh, let's swing back and forth. Hey, hey, somebody put on B-Rise. Everything I do, I do it for you. Like at the end of a wedding. And then we'll all sing it loudly, even though we all think it's and Lord Rivers was having a great time. I'm having a great time. I'm just going to have a wee, and then we should all get kebabs. Capital idea, Rimmo. Don't, don't chop, come in. Call me Richard of Wasted. Cool. I'll be back in a moment. Wee! Red, red wine. Stay close to me. Time for your last orders, your grace. Time for last orders, Bucky. Go clump rivers over the head and lock him up in one of my castles. Well, lads, who's for shawarma? Didn't wash his hands. Right, lads, drag him off. Uncle, can I have your two peas for the fruity? Wait, where is my uncle? Oh, hey, nephew. Oh, I'm afraid old Uncle Rivo. He's, he's got to go to the fungin till he confesses his horrible treason. Don't worry, it, it has it has a ball bit. My uncle is not a traitor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. Listen, Eddie. Eddie, baby. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll get you crowned kingling, and then I'll be Lord Protector Hey Hey, just like your daddy wanted. You won't. As soon as I'm king, I'm free, Uncle Rivers. I'll have some very scary-looking men ask you about treason. Oh, Nickers. Meanwhile, across the narrow sea... Um, I mean the uh, English Channel. Right, uh, settle down. Settle down, please. <clears throat> right, I formally order this meeting. To, uh, to, uh, to order. <clears throat> all right, my lovelies. I am sure you are all wondering why I, Henry Tudor, have gathered you the finest mercenaries and hired swords in all of Europe here today. Are you? Where's the buffet? I have for you a proposal. Look, mate, make with our party rings and drumsticks. We know that there are cocktail sausages that have a better claim to the throne of England than you do. So make with the buffet, Tudor. Listen, listen, this, this is a cool, not a children's party, all right? Look, mate, we're the finest mercenaries in Europe, yeah? We live for two things, party food and money. Yeah, and like punching things. But we don't fight for hopeless causes. Or badly catered coups. Okay, what about this then? Ah, it's truth. It's a lot of dollar rents. Where did you get it? It's from my friends back home. I've got more than you think, you know. Once I've knocked that boy King Edward into touch, I shall marry his sister Elizabeth of York and unite the families that have the claim to the throne. And anyone who stands by my side shall be richly rewarded. What say you? Aye, aye. You had us it rewarded. Oh, hey, afternoon all. Ah, Duke Richard, you're back. What about it? But chill out, man. That's not what I meant. Did you bring the king? 
Oh no, I just I just put him in the tower. You know, keep him safe, you see. Safe from who? Oh, you know though, you know, you know though, the traitors. Tra- traitors? Which which traitors? Treason! Treason most foul! This absolute duke has kidnapped Lord Rivers Woodville, the King's Guardian, and my relative! Oh yeah, as per my dead bro's instructions. As Lord Protector of England, I shall now arrange the coronation of my nephew. We were gonna crown him! Listen here. I know how far you nobles of England have your snouts in the royal trough. And there's none worse than you. You little Woodville piggies. Oink, oink, squee, squee, squee for me, piggy. Oh, yeah, really get in there. Really get in there. Get it all the way in there. I think I made my point. This is outrageous. You pay for this dick, Woodville, away! I propose the council vote Richard, Duke of Gloucester, the full powers of Lord Protector of England, the same as his father before, for seven weeks. Seven weeks? Only seven weeks. There's plenty of time to get the king crowned, and then he shall rule with you as Lord Protector and his council. Which is full of piggy little Woodvilles. Yes, well, you can't can't just change the whole government. Well, I I wish we could, but uh, we can't. And besides, uh, that's not what your brother wanted. Oh, yeah. Speaking of kings and such, has anyone seen the Queen, Elizabeth Woodville? She is, after all, a Woodville. She is, yes. Oh, where is she? I'd like a word with her and her other son, the one who's now heir to the throne. My lady, oh, good lord. What is that in the font? Some kind of record, I think. Thank you for letting us stay in the cathedral, Bishop. The ancient rites of sanctuary are sacrosanct here. You shall be safe. Thank you, Bishop. Is there any news of my son and my brother? Oh, hey, hey, it's okay. I'll field that one. You! You! Richard! How dare you threaten my family? Your son Edward is under my protection. I am Lord Protector, and protecting the king is kind of my thing. What of my brother locked up in your sinister castle in, ugh, shudder, Yorkshire? He's accused of treason, and some of the stuff I haven't thought of yet. Oh, oh, and he encouraged my brother to drink, which might have been why he died. That's a lie! No, it's not. Jinx, no comeback. Ah, now. Give me your other son, please. What? My queen, your family have made rather a lot of enemies, so so I'll take little Richard to the tower with his brother, and he'll be safe. Honest. We have claimed sanctuary here. No one can touch us. (laughs) Ha ha, sanctuary? That didn't stop me killing all those Lancastrians in a church at Tewksbury. You broke the law. Oh yeah, but I'm like super cool. Other people who break the law of sanctuary are not cool. And they might harm your son. Go away, Richard. Of course, my queen. I'll send your regards to your brother. I'll get you for this, Richard. Blimey. I think that incense has gone off. Actually, Bucky, my other nephew left a toilet breaker in the font. 
Would you like me to smash the door in and drag the little punk out? Bucky, that's naughty and you know it. Sanctuary is the law. Well, locking up Rivers wasn't, you know, super legal. Well, he was a plotting Woodville, wasn't he? I hate those guys. If only your brother had stayed married to that other lady. Remember her? Lovely engagement party it was. <laughs> I remember your big bro ate an entire tear of cake to himself and then attempted an extremely energetic solo time warp. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so much sick. <laughs> the entire dance floor was covered. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, wait a minute. He married her though, didn't he? That means... He was already married when he married the Queen. That means she ain't legally Queen. Which means little Ed isn't King. Which means, legally speaking, I am. Hooray for me! And for the first time, Richard had a way around the Woodvilles. His cause was just and... Oh, come on. It's a technicality. A legal technicality. So still a law-abiding man. What a guy. Have a day off. Richard took his evidence to the council. Yo, council. Hands up. Got some big news. But the council... Remember my brother's other wife? ...did not believe him. Come on, Richard, this is a technicality. Oh, it's the law, my lord. Soz! If this were true, then you... you understand what it means, don't you? I do. The coronation must be postponed till this can be investigated properly. No. It is the will of this council that Edward be crowned. Fine. I guess I'll start booking the bands then. Oi, Dick! The king wants his uncle, Lord Rivers, to attend his coronation. Well, Woodville, is it Rivers is a meffy little traitor? So no. You release my kinsman, or the young king will have a few questions to ask you come his coronation. Flipping Woodville's. I hate those guys. Hello, your grace. Now, when you've finished raging... You might want to speak to my friend here. Unless he's an experienced Woodville stabber, I'm not interested. There'll be time for that. But this is the Bishop of Bath and Wells. Hello, Blackadder. The Bishop had some very interesting news about your brother. Whisper, whisper, conspiratorial whisper. The days were ticking down till little Edward's coronation. <clears throat> I call this session of the King's Council... Which doesn't have the King in attendance. Chill out, Woodfield. The King is best off in the tower where he's safe. Safe from who, Buckingham? From traitors like your brother, you Woodville scruff. Scruff? Traitor? Ha! Speaking of traitors, where's our gallant Lord Protector? Oh, what? He didn't have time for it? Is he too busy locking up more innocent people at random? Hey, you guys! Well, look what the cat dragged in. Oh, hey, Woodville. What a lovely Burberry doublet you have on you. Yeah, you look so smart. Mock us at your peril, Richard. My family are a peak of respectability. Don't get your shell suit in a twist, Woodville. Here, have a strawberry. 
No, well, I mean, I don't like you, you jerk. But I do like strawberries. Strawberry bucks. And uh, yeah, no, best not. I don't want a full stomach this afternoon. Uh, why is that? Hope there's nothing suspicious. Oh, no reason. Hastings, my old pal. Strawberry, hey, hey. Uh, no, thanks. Perhaps we ought to start organising this coronation. Oh, yeah, cool. Ah, uh, oh, wait. We don't have any cream. Ah, oh, no. Wait there, and I'll go get some. I'll be two seconds. Well, this is weird. He won't be long. Have a strawberry, chaps. Stop offering me strawberries. But yes, I'll have one more. No, I've got a bad feeling about this. Lord Hastings, I hereby arrest you for the big T. Treason. What? A dead man says what? Take him out and execute him. But I haven't done anything. In fact, I've only ever been nice to your family, especially your brother. Oh, no, please. Ah! Oh, mm, these are some banging strawberry hay hays. I still didn't get the cream. It's going full Game of Thrones now, isn't it? With Hastings' execution, Richard brought an army into London to prepare it for the coronation. Part of the army turned up at Westminster Abbey and informed Queen Elizabeth Woodville... Your son is needed for the coronation. We're here to escort him. Uh, oh, no. Goodbye, little Richard. Give your brother my love. I don't want to go, Mum. Come on, son. Your Uncle Richard says we'll get you an ice cream on the way to the tower. Now, both the princes were under Richard's protection. Richard was very quickly acquiring all the cards. But more was to follow. On the steps of St Paul's Cathedral, the Bishop of Westminster gave a sermon. <clears throat> yes, yes, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it now. Uh, uh, um, hiya, everyone. How's, uh, how's, how's it all going? Lovely weather we've been having. Uh, anyway, I, I normally stand before you to talk about God and his mates, but uh, uh, today I, I thought I'd go a, a bit off script. Um, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. <clears throat> you know, King Edward, uh, turns out that he was uh, illegitimate. <gasps> yeah. yeah, he wasn't Richard Duke of York from episodes, I'm telling them. Uh, he wasn't, please don't take the sword out of my back. <clears throat> yes, he, yes, he wasn't Richard Duke of York from episodes one, son, at all. And, um, yes, before he was married to Lizzie Woodville, who, who was his queen, he was married to another lady, did you, did you know, called Eleanor Butler. So his kids, uh, the two princes, um, in the eyes of the Lord, they're, they're illegitimate now as well because their, their marriage wasn't legal, which, which is a pretty big deal in the Middle Ages. So it basically means little Edward can't be king. So who is going to be king then? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Oh, that's my cue. Hi, everyone, it's me, Richard of Gloucester, son of Richard, Duke of York, from episode one, brother to King Edward. I was just in the area. Oh, oh what, what a stroke of luck. Duke Richard, D do you fancy being king? Is that all right? Well, oh, wow, what, it's, it's not what I wanted. Well, maybe not at first, but I kind of think I've gone too far to back out now. Oh, go on then, you scamp. I'll be king. 
In that case, uh, all hail Richard III, our brand new and completely legitimate king. Go lights, go pyro, go dancers! Oh, look! Showgirls, pyrotechnics, confetti, lasers, heavily armed soldiers. Cheer up, you drunk peasants. I am your king. Be honest, how was I? Oh, very good. I didn't overplay it, did I? No, no, very natural. Now, what are we going to do with your nephews, you know? The princess in the tower? Oh, yeah. Them. Yeah, you realise, of course, that now all your enemies' attention will be focused purely on getting them out of the tower. Now, the easiest thing to do is... Yeah. Yeah. Pretty harsh, though. Oh, very harsh. What, what if we just never let them out? We could do that. Could we? We couldn't. Could we? Not really, no. Let me think about it. So, here we are then. The bad thing. Basically, Little Richard joined his brother, Little Edward, in the tower on the 17th of July, 1485. After that, they were seen twice more, playing in the grounds. And then never seen again. We don't know who did it, but we do know who put them there. And we know who had the most to gain from their deaths. So we're going to leave it with you, dear listener, to decide. It was him anyway. He, he, he did it. It was, it was Richard. He did it. It was him. Once Richard was crowned king, some evidence was suddenly found to prove Lord Rivers a traitor. Execute him! You can't cut my head off, I'm Lord Rivers! And Richard reorganised the Royal Council to include no Woodvilles. Oh! Oh, what was that? Nothing. Nothing! Nothing. Richard, it seemed, had won. One, two, princes kneel before you. That's what I say now. Princes, princes who adored you, just go ahead now. One has... Diamonds in his pocket, not anymore. That's some bread now. This one says he wants to buy you rockets. I don't know what they are. Oh, uh, that's, uh, that's King Richard. Anyway, I'm pretty busy planning the fair governance of the north of England. And I hope it goes some way to salvaging your reputation. Well, people will have to get used to me because there isn't anyone else. Henry Tudor is hiring soldiers. Tudor? That little no-mark leak botherer don't make me laugh. He's got as much chance of being king as... As you have of becoming popular. Am I unpopular? Yeah. Everyone hates you. Me? Why? All the Lancastrian nobles hate you because your family took their lands and a big chunk of the Yorkists hate you because, well, you know, the princes. And the Woodvilles ate you for killing Lord Rivers. Oh, yeah, all that stuff I did. Well, there's not much anyone can do about it. I'm already making my position secure. Oh, gentlemen. Bucky, this is Lord Stanley, the most powerful landowner in the northwest of England, who has a massive army. All I've made. And this is Sir uh, Rhys Ap Thomas, our top man in the southwest of Wales, 
who also has a pretty big army too. Well, you know, I don't like to brag, but I do have some tidy murderers in my employ. They shall be assisting me in defeating Henry Tudor's invasion. You know about the invasion? Already? Yes, Bucky, I'm king now. Now toddle off, for me and my new pals have business to discuss. Bye. Alright, bye then. Oh, and Bucky? Yes, sire. As you leave, there will be some men outside who'd, who'd like to have a brief word with you. About what? Oh, a small matter of a rebellion you've been plotting with Henry Tudor. Hello, hello, hello. You're nicked, my pedigree oh. chum. <laughs> Unhand me. Oh, don't worry. It won't take long. Because they've got orders to execute you. Because you're a muggy little traitor. No, please. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is this a bad time? What? Oh, no, 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 no. Just killing my best friend. No biggie. Now, Henry Tudor will probably land his tiny army in the West. And what do you want us to do about it? What do you think? Kill him. Kill them all. I see. Well, uh, what do we get out of this, then? Everyone wants something these days. Oh, power, influence, for their kids not to be murdered. I don't know. How about, how about a large sum of money? All right, mate. Well, you can't top lovely, lovely money, I suppose. Good! Now, Reesey boy, it has not escaped my attention that you are a little Welshy Welshman, like Henry Tudor. I'm your man, sire. Henry Tudor shall march through Wales over my body. My dead body, obviously. Good! Rather yours than mine. And you, Stano. All right, mate. Don't think that I haven't noticed that you are married to Margaret Beaufort, Henry Tudor's mum. I will be requiring hostages from both of you to guarantee your good behaviour. All right, mate. You want my son as a hostage? Hard yes. But he's a child. Yeah, obviously. Well, no offence, your kingness, but having you look after my son is like asking a rabbit to look after a carrot. And just because Tudor is Welsh doesn't make us on the same side. Fine, but don't forget, the first sign of treachery from either of you, your families get a very short unpleasant holiday in the Tower of London. Now be off with you, and don't forget your large sums of money. That seemed unusually trusting. <laughs> Richard was an honourable man, Tombo, as well as being classically handsome. Where are you getting this from? Richard doesn't have a choice but to trust Resap Thomas and Lord Stanley. Plus, Henry's army is tiny compared to Richard's, and they'd be foolish to back Henry over Richard, especially after this happened. Well, Uncle Jasper, the day has finally come. Our fleet will set sail. Our small but well-trained army of mercenaries and loyal retainers is on its way. I know that, Henry. I was there for the whole thing. Who are you talking to? It's destiny, isn't it, Uncle? From the prow of my mighty ship, I stand and I look out on the horizon and the potential that my reign will... Uh-oh. Oh, Nickus. As Henry Tudor's small fleet neared the west of Britain, it was hit by a mighty storm. His ships were blown all the way down to Brittany. This meant that Henry Tudor's men couldn't support Buckingham's rebels. Uh, didn't Buckingham die in the last scene? Yeah, I did change the order of that. This is when he actually died. Whatever the order of events, the rebellion had failed, and King Richard was going to make someone pay.
All right, mate. Oh, hey, Stanley. Nice to see you. So, Stano, me and some of my heavily armed men were in the area, and we thought we'd pop by. All right, mate. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm sure you've heard about that jerk Henry Tudor getting blown off to Brittany. I'm just in the process of having him extradited to England so I can kill him properly. I was wondering, can I have a word with his mum? Your wife. All right, mate. Yeah, I thought you'd say that. Uh, this way, is it? Ah, welcome, your majesty. Don't your majesty me, you little cow basket. What's the matter, my king? Did my husband talk your ear off? He's such a little scouse chatterbox. Actually, I'm more interested in taking your head off, Beaufort. Don't think I don't know you've been plotting to have me replaced with your punk son. Prove it, you little slug. How dare you, guards! Calm down, Richard. As much as you might want to cut my head off, my husband is rather attached to it. Almost as much as I am. Do you think he'd still lend you his army once you've killed his beloved wife? I'm the King of England. I'll find another army. Armies don't grow on trees, you know. I've been trying to raise one ever since your brother died. Ha! Why are you telling me all this? This is the big T, treason. And now I get to kill you. If you kill me, you'll lose my husband's army. And you need it because you haven't got any friends because you've either murdered them or made them hate you. Fine! Then I shall fix it so you never leave this room. I'll have your daft husband lock you up, and I'm gonna give that nice Duke of Burgundy a shed ton of money to send me your son, so I can cut his head off. Listen to me carefully, Dick. I am Margaret Beaufort. I am a woman in a man's world, but I always get what I want. Henry is the only son I'll ever have, and from the day he was born, I have dedicated my life to making him king. And if you want to stop me, you'd better stop wasting your time threatening me. Margaret Beaufort is worth a show by herself. Perhaps, perhaps we'll do a special on her. So little time. Which is why we had to make that conversation up. But Richard's problems did run along those lines. Richard had got rid of his enemies, but he'd murdered quite a lot of his friends as well. Which meant he was left with some very uncertain allies. And the enemies that were left now had a common cause. <laughs> Excuse me, did you call for a doctor? There ain't no doctor what can cure a broken heart. Apart from a cardiologist. <laughs> Leave me alone, you weirdo. I never call for no doctor. My poor boys. My poor lovely boys. Such, such a terrible thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I can't bring them back or change what happened, but a good friend of mine has asked me to suggest a particular medicine for you, Elizabeth Woodville. Revenge. Served cold. Revenge? How? Your daughter, Elizabeth, your first child of King Edward. Have her marry Henry Tudor and unite the houses of York and Lancaster. Henry Tudor's at the bottom of the sea. Oh, no. No, he's not. He lives. And he's coming back. He'll kill Richard. The monster that killed my poor boys. Oh, yes. 
I am Margaret Beaufort's personal doctor, here to thrash out the details. I'm there, with flipping bells on. Now, of course, all of this had been secretly organised by Margaret Beaufort long before now. She was a very clever lady. If Henry VI's nephew married Edward of York's daughter, then on paper, the war would be over. But the decision wouldn't be made on paper. It would be made on a muddy field, about 42 actual minutes down the road from my actual house. Tombo's house. Basically, the backyard. Ish. Bosworth Field. Ooh. Did you hear me drop a history bit? Here we are once again in southwest Wales for someone's big scene. People of Camry, I am Henry of Edmund of Owen of Penmanoff and the House of Tudor. Arthur and Glendua sleep yet, but I am the dreams of Britons made real. I am the son of prophecy, the Mabdarogon. And I'm here to deliver you from the shackles of England and the tyrant usurper, Richard. I am your king! I think you should save the speeches till we get further inland. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've kind of spoiled that moment a little bit. Do you, do you know what I mean? And so... The army of the Son of Prophecy began its march. The phrase Son of Prophecy refers to the Welsh legend of the Mabdogan, a warrior who would one day drive the flipping English out of Britain. King Arthur, Rodri Mawr and Owen Glendua were all said to be the prophesied son, which is Mabdogan in Welsh. Henry Tudor, though, believed that he was. Tudor's army was made up of exiled Welsh and Lancastrian soldiers with a fair few European mercenaries. The army was small, but as it marched, it began to grow. All right, boys, fancy a crack at the English. Oh, all right then, yeah, cool. Hey, hey, all right, you'd like fancy a bit of a bail up of the bombs, eh? Oh, tidy! I love the dust up with my historic oppressors, I do. Henry Tudor knew exactly what he was doing. He marched under a flag that everyone in Wales knew. It's even around in modern times as well. The red dragon on a field of white and green. Excuse me, I've got something in my eye. The red dragon of Cadwallon was the symbol of one of the most ancient kings of Britain. And it won't surprise you to learn that Cadwallon fought the Saxons, or English, and was prophesied one day to return. The people of Wales couldn't get enough of it. And it wasn't just ordinary people. But when Henry's army reached Kithendaigoth, or the Long Mountain in mid-Wales... Yeah, I boy, always were members of the Welsh aristocracy. Despite years of bowing and scraping to our English bosses... We drunk on old songs, patriotism and possible career opportunities. So we'd like to join up. Before he marched into England, Henry met with the mysterious Daffith Cluid. A poet and a bard, who was also said to have mysterious head-reading powers. Powers that could tell Henry his future. I've told you, no more takeaway menus, they only go in the bin. Oh, 
Hello. Uh, hello, hi. Is this the right house for the soupsayer, Daffy Fluid? Might be, but uh, who are you? Henry Tudor. I I'm hoping to be king. Uh, do you think you could do me a head read? Oh, knickers. Hang on, please, pal. Die! Get me my soothsayer gear! What? Oh, no, sir. I'm sorry, it's in the wash, then. You want me to get it out? It's soaking wet, man. And so, by the light of flickering candles, Henry nervously discussed his destiny. With the mysterious soothsayer, who smelt very strongly of fabric softener. Uh, good sir, uh, can you tell me through your wacky mystical powers, can I defeat King Richard in battle? The people in your army call you the son of prophecy, Henry Tudor. But you come to me in search of a prophecy. Uh, yeah, uh, am I gonna win, do you think? Do you think? A simple question. But to give you a simple answer, I shall have to delve into the most mysterious and powerful arts known to man. I must consult the spirits of this ancient land. Do you want some more sandwiches, Mr. Tudor? Die! Sorry, 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 sorry. Do you want some cake? <gasps> cake, yes, please. It is said they talked long into the night. The Chronicles do not mention the sandwiches or cake. Is he like a lovely young man? He seems really nice stuff. I tell you, will he be king then, that Henry Tudor? Well, I don't know. He's got a tiny army and a bad claim to the throne, and that Richard Third is an absolute head case. Well, why don't you just tell him he'll be king, and if King Richard kills him, then it's not like he's going to come back looking for you, is he? Oh, yeah. And if he is king, he'll probably reward you. I'd love a new love spoon, I really would. Oh, yeah. Thanks, love. Who's that now at this time of night? Look, mate, we're happy with our broadband, all right? Henry, Henry, there's an army here. Oh, knickers! An army, see? They want feeding. I might have to nip out for bread, see? An army had arrived at the Kefendi Goth. It had been following Henry since he landed at Mill Bay. It belonged to Rhys Ap Thomas. Who you may remember had sworn that Henry Tudor would march through Wales over his dead body. Henry Tudor! Henry Tudor! I come from King Richard. Attack now, Hen, whilst he's gabbing. No, no, wait, wait. Rhys Ap Thomas! It saddens my heart that a countryman would bar my path. Yeah, it bums me out as well, actually. You gonna win, then? I gonna try? Well, I suppose if you're gonna go round calling yourself the son of prophecy, you'd best have more than two Welshmen in your army. I'm your man, Tudor. There's a slight problem, though. I did promise that you'd march through Wales over my body. Resap Thomas had given his word to fight for Richard. And taken his money as well. But when it came down to it, I suppose he thought... Richard III? Nah, hate that guy. When Richard found out, he was not happy. What? Oh, kill his son and get creative with it. Um, we can't, sir. Remember, we didn't actually get all of his son. <coughs> Sorry. There was, of course, the small matter of the sacred oath that Resap Thomas had sworn to Richard. But the story goes that the Bishop of St. David's found a way for Resap Thomas to keep his oath and let Henry's army pass. Resap Thomas stood under 
Bullock Bridge, and Henry Tudor's army just marched over the top of him. Sly boots. Over my body. Lush. It's not true, of course, but it's a good story, so there. And now the Tudor army headed east into England. For the Welsh, it was coming home. Good? Ah, oh, let them come, the backsliding traitors. Yeah, I'll kill them so hard they'll die from it. Stanley! All right, mate. Assemble the army. All right, mate. We're going to the Midlands, the place where dreams go to die. Hey! Shut up, Tomba, you little dweeb. I'm Richard III, losers. Richard moved to intercept Henry around the city of Leicester. With its many car parks. Richard had risen to power very quickly. And upset a lot of people. But now he was back to something that he understood. Fighting. And I was good at it, baby. Barnet, Tewkesbury, Scotland, all big wins for Dickie. His army was bigger than Henry's and he had reinforcements on the way. So Richard picked a strong position, probably on Ambien Hill, outside of the village of Market Bosworth. Come at me, Tudor bro. Show me what you got. Ah, oh, bring it. Bring it, Tudor. He had cannon, archers, heavy cavalry, and infantry. Around the hill was marshland. Which made it a tough place for Henry to attack. But Henry had no choice but to attack. The longer he waited, the stronger Richard would get. You're gonna see some dick moves tomorrow, listener. It, it is possible that we have neglected the later part of Richard's story. Because someone has got a history crush on Henry Tudor. No, I don't. But poor Dickie has had a tough time. Yeah, not as tough as Hastings or Rivers or Lizzie Woodville or, you know, any of the people he's murdered or had their kids murdered or whatever. No, but still, his wife has died, who we have never met. And his young son had died as well, who uh, we, um, uh, we never met. Both his brothers, his father and even Warwick, who incidentally had raised him. Chaos! Chaos is a callback! He must have been so very lonely. Oh my god, I'm gonna puke you! Silly history snowflakes think you're so insightful and sensitive. I'm Richard III, you saps. I'm a king in the 15th century. I'm mean, I'm tough, I'm a talented administrator, but most of all, I'm a bad, bad man. You might have read in Shakespeare's Richard III that Richard spent the night before the Battle of Bosworth racked by guilt over all the people he had stepped on to get to the top. But not according to the Chronicles. Ricardians, assemble! Gentlemen, tomorrow is a letter's day. Yeah, baby! Tomorrow we finish the House of Lancaster. Forever. Infantry guy. Pack your killing trousers. I want your pikes so sharp they can shave that punk Henry Tudor's bump off. Cannoneers! Ooh, that's us, Edward! Oh, that's nice, Edward. We're still alive! I want the taff who would be king to get a royal welcome. So get rolling those cannonballs in dog boo. Yeah, baby! Archers! Wrap your bodkins in toilet paper. Knights! Feed your horses, Blue Smarties and Stella. I want the I'm Richard the Third, you losers. Richard the Third. The sun rose early and bright on August the 22nd, 1485.
Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, dear Uncle Bob Bob. Happy birthday to me. Will bought me a Greg's once and we ate it on top of his car. Hmm, lovely. August 22nd is someone's birthday. Which explains a few things. Birthday later, Bob Bob, get on with the story or there'll be no time for the battle. Oh, right, yeah, no, I absolutely live for this stuff. Right, right, so Richard had split his army into three groups. Each group is called a battle, or it was in them days anyway. The first battle was commanded by the Earl of Norfolk and sat on the left side of Ambien Hill. The second battle was commanded by the Earl of Northumberland and was on the right side of the hill. In the centre was Richard and his personal bodyguard of hand-picked knights. At the bottom of the hill, slowly threading their way through the marshland were the 8,000 men of Henry Tudor's army. They'd come in one big battle, all together, and above them flew the Red Dragon of Wales. Bob Bob! Sorry. Now here comes the twist. There was a third army. All right, mate. Lord Stanley's army. Divided in two. Each group sat on either side of Henry Tudor and Richard's forces. Ready to step in. But step in for who? Because Lord Stanley had promised to fight for both sides. But Richard and Henry know that Stanley will probably fight for whoever looks like the winner. With this in mind, Henry Tudor makes the first move. Look what these little sight-snagged slugs have done to Wales! They've taken our coal and our water, our steel and our milk! They buy our houses and live in them for a fortnight every 12 months! And what have they ever given us? Nothing! We've been exploited and controlled and punished by the English! And that's who you're playing this afternoon! Forward! He didn't say that. No, that was Clenefly's Phil Bennett before Wales versus England at the Arms Park in 1977. <laughs> Why not? Whoever said whatever. Henry Tudor's smaller army moved first and was commanded by the Earl of Oxford. Do you remember him? He was in the Battle of Barnet. Henry's mix of mercenaries and taffs began to climb up to attack Richard's left side. <laughs> He's attacking me? Fine. Artillery! Commence the bombardment. Richard's oh, cannons opened up. Red hot death came howling down from on high. But the ground was wet and the cannonballs stuck in the mud. Out! On! Fine! Archers! Forward! Forward came the dreaded English longbows. The same ones from Towton and the Joan of Arc episode. Probably not exactly the same ones. I mean, they could have been well tended and handed down through the generations, we just don't know. But they did feature in the Towton episode and in the Joan of Arc episode. That's the main thrust of this line. Remember, the ones that spew armor-piercing death at 12 arrows a minute. Archers! Oh, archers! Loose! Loose! Dreaded, dreaded English longbows, is it? Dreaded English longbows, is it? Here we go again. The longbows are Welsh invention. It is typical of you narrow-minded, biased, home counties. Get on with it. Sorry, you're right, you're right, you're right. One injustice at a time. <clears throat> the point is that Henry Tudor's men had longbows too. Archers, loose. Just like a talent, an archery duel of scary proportions began. The thing is, though, armour in 1485 was pretty good. 
good enough to keep arrows out. So archery was not going to settle this. Oh, Stop tickling them with arrows and get down that hill and do it properly. What? Give up the eye ground, sire. Do as I say. Um, okay. Forward, men. Sure. You there, lucky. Yes, sire. Tell Northumberland to get down that hill and into them. Right, sir. And send word to Lord Stanley and tell him to get down there and do some stabby stabby. Otherwise, what am I paying him for? Yes, sire. And tell him if he doesn't shake a leg, I'll be killing his son. Yes, sire. Richard's orders were given. Norfolk's men charged down the hill and into the Tudor army. Come on! Show us the For them boys, for Tom Jones, for Shirley Bassey. Yeah! The armies clashed. The armies held. Oh, and it got medieval in there. Armour in 1485 was so strong, so light, so manoeuvrable, so well made that swords and spears, well, they were pretty useless. So weapons had got heavier. Blunt maces to smash through armour and break the bones beneath. Helmets, spears with axe heads to crush and poke at soffits with warhammers, poleaxes, all manner of horrible blunt force nastiness. Norfolk's men had charged down the hill and given up the high ground. And they charged straight into Henry Tudor's army all by themselves. Um, I can do with a little help over here. And the mercenaries and Welshmen were making their local numbers count. Take that, sexleg! Have some of this, you flippin' pom! Have some of it, you flippin' Saxon! Have a taste of the end of my picket! What have I got a pickaxe? What is going on? We are getting our backsides handed to us! Northumberland's men on Richard's right should have been hitting Henry Tudor from the side, but they hadn't moved. Real historians are undecided as to exactly why. Possibly the hill was fun-shaped, which made it difficult for Northumberland's men, or maybe because of this. My lord, the king orders us to support Norfolk's attack. Oh, you mean King Richard, Richard III? Yeah, that's him, our boss, chap of the crown and such. Why, I bet I'm not wasting me men to save a doyle like that like. Or maybe Northumberland simply didn't like Richard enough to care that he was losing the battle. Because someone else hadn't moved either. My lord Stanley. What right, mate? King Richard orders you to attack Tudor's men from the rear. All right, mate. Um bit awkward this. Like, now? Move your men. Please. All right, mate. Oh, and uh, King Richard also says support him or he'll kill your stupid punk son. All right, mate. Tell the king from me. I have other sons. Oh. And Stanley's armies did not move. What? He said what? Sire, he said... Sire, he said... Um, <clears throat> I have other sons. Kill his son. Kill him right now. Uh, sire. Don't interrupt me while I'm ordering murders. Sire, isn't that Henry Tudor down there riding with a small number of his bodyguard far from the protection of the main army? How should I know? My eyesight is terrible because of weight. Is that Henry Tudor all alone? Lucky. Sire? I've had a brilliant idea. If we kill Henry Tudor, then he can't be king. Saddle up, boys. We're gonna shear us some sheep. It was Henry Tudor with his Uncle Jasper and his standard bearer and bodyguard. Far away from the safety of the rest of his army. Come on, hurry, Uncle Jasper. Uh, my mam says that Lord Stanley will fight for us. Uh, oh, oh, look, Uncle. Riders. 
Riders from the top of the hill, coming this way. Coming this way very fast. Oh dear. Oh, Nickers. Surprise! Down from the hill came King Richard. Yeah, here's an unsolicited dickie. He and his knights charged headlong into Henry Tudor. Richard led the charge. The guy was on fire. He personally cut down the bearer of Henry Tudor's dragon standard. Take that dragon! And the chap who was holding it. What a drag! Then Richard came face to face with John Chain, the jousting champion. And Henry's toughest knight. Your Majesty, it shall be my honor to spill the blood of a singular tyrant such as you. Oh, mate, that's so rude. I was pontificating and you stabbed me in the chest. <laughs> a dead man says what? On came Richard's knights. Whatever people came to think of Richard. He fought like a king that day. A kind of pumped up 1980s action king. He fought so well that Henry Tudor's bodyguard had no choice but to huddle around their leader to protect him. You're safe here, Henry, my chap. Oh, that English chap knocked our flag in the mud, Uncle. The flag is the least of our worries. Oh, heck, I think I just stepped in dog dirt. What a day. Stop hiding, Tudor, you sissy boy. Come out from under your men's skirts and face me. Oh, oh man. I think my horse has stepped in dog dirt. As a semi-local resident of the Bosworth area and surrounding parts, the way people just let their dogs... Well, it wasn't dog poo that everyone was stepping in. Not that day, anyway. It was the marsh. Richard's charge had pushed Henry Tudor's men back towards the marsh at the foot of the hill. With Henry outnumbered and trapped, Richard's gamble seemed to have paid off. Blow the horn, for God's sake, Christ. We need all the help we can get. I'll help you. Help you die. It has all come down to this. The Wars of the Roses are about to end. In a marsh in the Midlands, the fate of England and Wales is going to be decided. For at long last, Lord Stanley's army has moved. But who has it moved for? You took your time, you scouts tease. Wait, 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 no! Not those men! Those ones are mine! Oh, stop it! Oh, stop! Stop me killing my men! Oh, this is treason! Treason was foul! The Stanleys had picked a side. And it wasn't Richard's. From both sides, the Stanley men attacked Richard's army. Hit from the front and the side, the soldiers on his left now began to run. And the rest of his army were now too busy fighting to help their king. But help for Henry Tudor was on its way. Fly! Fly, ravens of Wales! Charge! In the fighting in the marsh, Richard had his horse killed from under him. Ah, Mr. Deputy Club! Ah, oh, that was a good horse, man. Oh, this is turning into quite a bad day. Take my horse, sire. It's a rout. You must flee. Run away. Run away. I'm Richard III, you yellow chicken. I shall not budge a foot. Not one foot. I shall live as King of England, or I shall die as King of England. Now, come at me, you Tudor punks. On foot. In the mud while everything around him turned to disaster. The King of England fought. A stab! A stab! A double stab! Exhausted, filthy, and surrounded. 
Try me, you dogs. I double dare you. He'd lost the battle. At some point, he'd lost his helmet. And now his enemies closed in. Come on, then. Eat Polak, Sunstand! You hit like a lamb taffy. Stab! Oops, for the princess. I wish people would stop going on about that. This is for my son. This is for Wales. And this is for leaving me and my mates out of 500 years of school history. A dead king, says one. The king is dead. Let's get him. And as Richard's men threw down their weapons in surrender, the heroic Tudor victors set to work on the king's body. Get his kit off. What did he say? You heard him. They took all his clothes off and slung him naked over the back of a horse and paraded him through the victorious Tudor army. To make sure everyone knew Richard was dead. The king is dead. Long live the king. <laughs> I've always wanted to see that. The legend goes that Richard's crown was found stuck in a thorn bush and then brought to Henry. He was crowned King Henry VII on the battlefield by Lord Stanley. All right, King. Long live King Henry. Just as his mother had planned, Henry married Edward IV's daughter, Elizabeth of York. Thus uniting the houses of York and Lancaster. And finally, finally, ending the Wars of the Roses. As for King Richard in life and in death, he became super history famous. After everyone had finished being horrible to his nudie body, incidentally someone stabbed him in the bum while he was on that horse. He was taken to Greyfriars Abbey in Leicester and buried. There was a rumour that he was thrown in the river, but that was totally disproved when a team of archaeologists helped out by some massive Richard III nerds dug up a car park in Leicester and found King Richard's body. They did him a state funeral and buried him in Leicester's cathedral where he still lives. Lives? Dies? Dwells. Back in 1485, the highly efficient Tudor media got to work. And the Tudor Chronicles basically turned the Battle of Bosworth into a straightforward X-Wing versus Death Star showdown of good versus evil. But in the city of York, where Richard had governed the north of England for his brother, people wept when they heard he was dead. But probably the person at the time who was most upset by King Richard's death was Henry Tudor. Seeing the previous king brutally bludgeoned to death and then paraded naked through Leicester had quite an effect on Henry. If this could happen to Richard, it could just as easily happen to Henry too, for his, his claim was as dodgy as a £15 note. So the Tudor media went to work again. We all know about the White Rose of York and the Red Rose of Lancaster. But at the time, they were not the main symbol for either family. But Henry Tudor created the Tudor Rose, which is the White and Red Rose combined together. Gone was the old House of Tudor from Penmenef in North Wales. A new Royal House of England was created instead. Sneaky, sneaky Henry Tudor. Or King Henry VII, as we must now call him. Look at Uncle Bob-Bob. He's never been so smug. My God, that really is saying something as well. Why are we not listening to this in Welsh then? Basically, and I know we need to finish, but I do feel like I owe everyone else an explanation. Henry was far too busy making sure that he stayed king of the significantly richer England. 
to bother much with his homeland, which after all, he'd been exiled from for most of his life. So, not all that much change for the people of Wales, despite giving it all the Mabdrogan prophesied son stuff. Henry Tudor wasn't well, actually much good for the land of my father's brother. Then why have you been inflating daffodils for five weeks in preparation for the mother of all gloatings? Because of all the stuffy English historians who don't mention that the Tudors were Welsh, deliberately try and try and play the presence of Welshmen in Henry Tudor's army. And I wrote this one. I wrote this one. So, you muggy little Saxons with your boring rugby are going to have to sit here and take it like we have for all these years. Because as far as I'm concerned, Wales won the Wars of the Roses. This is Scott Gibbs' zigzag at Wembley in 99. This is Gavin Henson shaving his legs and booting that massive penalty in 05. This is Scott Williams ripping the ball off Courtney Laws, kicking ahead and going under the posts at Twickenham. This, this is Chris Robshaw taking the line out. This is Uncle Bob Bob taking it back for the land of my fathers. And you will sit here because this, this, I mean, I may have gone too far on the whole Welsh angle of this. I almost certainly have, in fact. But everything I've listened to since has been England, England, England. Maybe I am insane. Maybe I am insane. Maybe having two Welsh parents and being brought up in England has turned me into this horrible, horrible thing that I am. But I am who I am. When I go to Wales, people just say I'm English. Uh, no one wants me. No one wants Uncle Bob Bob. And that is why I am the way I am. Lost. Exiled. Like Henry Tudor, who became king on my birthday. On my birth, 1485. I was born in 1985, right? Which is, which is quite a bit after the rest of them. But look, that is, how is it? 560 years to the day. To the day. Perhaps I'm a prophesied son. Do you think he'll even notice that we've locked him in the conveniently soundproofed narrative Ardalada? Well, there's only enough air in there for him to do the credits. Right then, let's finish up the longest Silly History Boy series ever and get betting on how long Uncle Bob Bob will take to pass out. And so we finally come to the end of another exciting episode of The Silly History Boys Show. And for all the regicide, infanticide, and cumry isidal maniacs, we are, as always, sorry! Boz Worth the Wait, or episode 33 of the Silly History Boys show, was written and produced by the Silly History Boys. The parts of sneaky Lord Buckingham, Cardiffy Jasper Tuba, a common Woodwill, various Flemish mercenaries with oddly antipodean accents, as well as some tasks, and an absolute flipping lackey were drowned in a barrel of Tom Tombo Furmore. The roles of the Mad Dragon, Henry Tudor, one true king of England and Wales, Lord Stanley, a herald, poor old Lord Hastings, a very common Woodville, a very bashed bishop, the Doctor, various Tafts, various Flemish mercenaries with oddly antipoden accents, as well as Richardy types, a very silly cannoneer, and John Chain, the jousting champion, which he accidentally took off Pebber, where I steadfodded into your ears by Robert at Peter up Harry. Up Arthur or me, your dear Uncle Bob Bob. Come re-brief, my friends. 
a ticket guy, which kind of mirrors what he does in real life. A mercenary, which is kind of what he is, with an intimidating accent, uh, which is not what he is. A sweaty bishop, a horrid guard, some taps, the mysterious druid, Dattic Pluid, the common Lord Woodville, the common Lord Withers, and an absolute bunch of Woodville scrubs, as well as some horrible Richard types, a very silly gunner, and the Earl of Norfolk were bludgeoned into your ears and entombed in the car park of our hearts by Stu the Pear Bear Perry. Ask him. Ask him about his meeting with the Fellowship of the White Boar. He has opinions, boys and girls. Opinions that will get us in trouble. <laughs> the only way is tragedy. Queen Elizabeth Woodville and the actual winner of the Wars of the Roses were given voice by Velma von Bob Bob. You'll be seeing, you'll be, you might be seeing her live. That's very exciting, isn't it? The Princes in the Tower, which I think is quite a good name for a band, were delivered with just the right amount of pathos and tragedy by troubled child superstar Harry Hazmat Pear Bear. And finally, applause, applause, a kingdom of applause is owed to car park lurker and villain extraordinaire King Richard III of England was played by the simply tremendous Will Uncle Bilbo Tristram. Handsome and hilarious, a difficult combo to pull off, trust me. I've tried. He also did King Edward, uh, some mercenaries, and, and, he, and he had a fair crack at the Welsh accents as well. Uh, so that, yeah, he did. Thanks for that, Uncle Bill. Well, what a performance! Woo! Yeah. First ever clap. There we are. He'd probably take it out. He's quite humble. Because I know how unbelievably hard that was for you, Bob Bob, I think I'll leave it in. Right, big thanks to the nice people at zapsplat.com for all the music and the squelching noises that we made this week. Banners raised once more in the name of Scott App Buckley for his excellent range of music. Check his bad self out. A favourable covering is offered for Shane Ivers at Silverman Sound for the use of the track Medieval Banquet. And big, big thanks to those nice people at Bardcore for the medieval Mandalorian theme. They're simple men and women making their way in the galaxy. Diok Diokenvar goes to Daniel Bradley of Daniel Bradley Music for some wonderful tracks this week. The medieval version of Delilah, which I'm sure they'll be playing before the jousting in Wales. The brilliant renditions of Manhelo and Manhara, the national anthem of Wales. Big thanks to Dan, Daniel Bradley. He's worth every bit of pestilence that he gets. And a big thumbs up to 30 Price timed Lord Fastfingers for the Silly History Boys show theme. Come rally to our cause once more at Facebook at Silly History Boys show and SHB underscore show on Twitter. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, to give us a review on your chosen podcast platform. We're doing quite well at the moment. But yeah, oh, thank you, thank you for, for you listening. Woo, hope you wasn't um, too, too, too Welsh, um, but um, yeah, it seems terribly thin in this. Um, I'm going to have to take my inhaler in a bit anyway, but I just won't keep you too much longer. So I keep you too much longer. Would be, hey, this is like a fridge. It's like a fridge all of a sudden. I've got some. I really found it really hard to breathe, but I've got some news. I've got some news. We've got. We've got another live show. So, I'll be telling you about that. A pretty. soon. I love you. I love you, Mike!
Blah, 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 blah. I'm peaking still badly. Maybe if I'm there. Oh, God, just kill me. I mean, this guy, he's fun. He's fun to do, but he's sure he's loud. Okay, okay. My voice is going. Oh, page six of 45. Good, good. But no dragons. What was that? But no dragon. I've gone all into it again. But it went, when it, but, but, but. But when he came down, but when he. Right, Henry Tudor, Henry Tudor. Right, so he's a little bit sort of breathy and that, but he's a little bit gravelly as well. So I, I, I have noticed, Uncle Bilbo, and, and, you, and, and you might notice this as well, that um, my Welsh voices are very annoying unless I put a Rod Gilbert in there. Uh, da, da, rubbish, rubbish, I'm not in that scene. Am I in this scene? Here I am. Actually, I think he may have been the best king we never had. So we did have him for three years. Two years, two years, one, one and a half years. We had him as king for one and a half, maybe two years. 1483 to 1485. Two years. Maths. There are many pictures of Richard III that show him with one shoulder much higher than the other and with a pretty mean face on his look. <laughs> And it was going wrong, so I'll go all the way wrong and swap the words. Uncle, uncle, can I have to... I, I had to do that. <laughs> also accepted are Gavin Henson's leg wax, um, Bryn Trafell's chopping trolley, and Shirley Bassey's punching stick. Well, don't use any of them, because they were rubbish. A treasonous man says, Oh, no, please don't execute me. Oh, where are you taking me? Lord Rivers. Falls over, singing reggae. Uh, I didn't think about any reggae in advance, did I? That was foolish. Reggae. 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 UB40, red, red wine. That'll do. That's close enough. Ah! Lord Rivers is a cut of our... Look at him. Oh, look at him singing. Probably reggae. I assumed he Googled it just before. If you put down singing Iron Maiden, he would have had no problem. Hello, is this the right house for the soothsayer, Daffy Cluet? That's Tudor, not Tombo. I'm absolutely tired. Although I think I nailed the line. Jesus, I think I was probably very, very good at that line. Tudor has not got anything on me. Yeah, I did change the order of that. This is when he actually died. It's that the whole sort of Buckingham Re Rebellion is a bit of a damp squib. And I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. Really throws a spanner in this whole narrative, but you know they, they don't care, do they? The history people, they don't care at all about linear storylines. But there you are, sexy girl. I, I don't think my voice can get high enough for that. I know what I'll do. I'll give you some. I give you some. Oh god! Oh, he's so amazing! Oh, look how straight his shoulders are! Oh god! Dickie of Gloucester, oh, you're so much better than your dad and your brother, and even though you're quite small, you're still really mighty and muscly. Oh, God, oh, God, God, yes. Treason! Treason, my... <clears throat> I've lost him, I've lost him. Treason, that's it. Treason, treason, most foul! This... Em oh, no, that's the... Oh, it is this one. Treason! There we go, right. <clears throat> Sorry, one. It's not true, of course, but it's a good story, so, you know, deal with it. Did you get the little squeal afterwards as well? There was a little... <laughs> Lovely. That's what you like to hear. His cause was just and righteous and lovely and oh, he was so good at just 
getting rid of his enemies legally, so legally. His army was bigger than Henry's and he had reinforcements on the way. Eh, too much of a big pause, but I think I nailed it the first two. Award winning. I told you, no more takeaway menus, they only go in the bin. Oh, that's kind of a bit racist. Let's not do that. That thing sounds a bit nutty. There's no chance of a news any of this, but I tell you now, Pepper, this is what my auntie Anne sounds like. All right! Oh, dear. Um, you know, uh, you got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed. I just remember what your old uncle said. Boy, you've got a friend in me. Other kings may be a little bit smarter than I am. Bigger and stronger, too. No way. But none of them will ever love you the way I do. It's me and you, boys. So as the years go by, our friendship will most likely die. Can you see it's my destiny? Oh, you've got a king in me. I didn't do it. You got a king in me. He totally did it. You got a king in me. Da-da-da-da, smother.